Hello everyone, welcome and or welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your one and only host, Monica, and I hope you all are having an amazing week. I hope you're having an amazing day. I want to formally apologize for not uploading an episode on Wednesday. I usually do episodes Mondays and Wednesdays, and I didn't do one this Wednesday because I got caught up watching a new show and I was really interested in it. And it's not the show we're talking about today. But I will do a review on that show possibly next month. I'm not exactly sure when. But today we are going to be talking about Dead to Me. Now Dead to Me is one of my favorite Netflix shows. I love it so much. It is amazing. It is funny. It is so hilarious. And I know that I usually talk about how like this podcast is a podcast where I talk about movies and TV shows that I really love and enjoy. And I'm not really someone who does like a formal review on things. I'm not someone who really like reviews things in a certain manner. I'm not really good with like words and I'm not that smart. Like I'm not someone who can like Excuse me, review stuff professionally like Emily Nossenbaum does for the New Yorker New Yorker or like Ira Madison does. But um I'm gonna do my best. And today we are going to be talking about Dead to Me and I love Dead to Me is so dramatic and funny. And honestly, I'm just gonna go through Dead to Me, like the show, the stuff that happens in the show, everything about it, because Dead to Me is truly like it's truly like one of the best new TV shows I've seen on Netflix in a long time. And it stars Christina Applegate, who is very famous in the 90s. And honestly, I don't exactly remember where I know her from, but I love her in Dead to Me. I think she's so amazing. Also stars um, Linda Cardellini, who you guys probably know from like Freaks and Geeks. And it's a very offbeat comedy. It's something I really love. So. Let's just start with the show. I'm going to go through some stuff that happens in season one and season two. This is going to be kind of like a full review. I usually don't do a full review of um, TV shows on here. I usually just like talk about it in broad terms about the show so that you can get a grasp for what the show's about and you can go watch it. But I'm just going to tell you everything that happens in the show because this show is a wild ride and it's hard to, it's hard to talk about the show without spoiling everything and there's so much that happens in the show that I may miss some stuff if you've already watched it but if you haven't watched if you haven't watched the show definitely go watch it like there are two seasons each episode is like 30 minutes long they are amazing and if you haven't watched the show but you still want to just like listen to this review then like go ahead it's fine so this show is created by Liz Feldman. I think she also did Two Broke Girls, which is also another one of my favorite shows that I really love watching. And Will Ferrell and Adam McKay are executive producers on the show, I believe. And Will Ferrell and Adam McKay are just like executive producing my life away. You know, they do Dead to Me. I know they're also part, like, I know they also um, executive produce Succession, I believe. So that's awesome. You guys should def- oh, definitely check out Succession as well because um, yeah, I reviewed that recently and rewatching it, ugh, white people are so messy. But let's get into Dead to Me. So Dead to Me is about a widow played by Christina Applegate. Her name is Jen Harding and Jen lost her husband to a hit and run. So she starts going to this grief counseling group to try and deal with what's going on with her and she immediately meets Judy. Judy is played by Linda Cardellini and she's kind of like sweet and kind and kooky and reclusive and a little strange and 
Judy and Jen kind of connect in the grief counseling group and Judy gives Jen her number because Jen says that she has trouble sleeping and Judy's like oh well you know if you have trouble sleeping we could just not sleep together because Judy also has trouble sleeping and so then Jen calls Judy they talk on the phone they start talking on the phone for hours they become best friends instantly and one day Jen decides to go to Judy's house because Judy sent her a picture of a beautiful home that she lived in and Judy said in grief counseling that she lost her fiance eight weeks ago and that she just lives in this big house by herself so Jen decides to go to Judy's house because Judy has been going over to Jen's house and they like drink wine by the pool and they eat cookies and they like swap war stories and stuff like that and so Jen is like I'm gonna go over to your house I'm coming to you as like a little surprise she goes over to the house and she realizes that Judy's ex-fiance isn't dead he's very much alive and that he didn't die eight weeks ago but they broke up eight weeks ago so Jen is finding this out and she's freaked out she's scared and so obviously the guy's name Steve and he's played by James Marsden and I love James Marsden James Marsden is amazing he is so hot and he's an awesome actor and like he does not get enough credit for how phenomenal he is and everything that he does James Morrison is amazing so Jen confronts Judy the next day at grief counseling group and she is yelling at him she's going off at her and the one thing I love about Jen's character is that Jen is so angry she is so mad and she's like hot-headed and I love that I love seeing that I love seeing anger and like the unworld like the passion the hostility that she has just like she has she's angry like in general but especially because of her husband's death she, she now has all this rage and she doesn't know where to put it and it's very it's like i love it so much but you know we can talk a little bit more about more about it later so basically jen confronts judy judy apologizes also jen confronts judy in front of the whole group so everybody is here for it. everybody is watching jen read judy to phil and judy admits that yes her fiance um, her ex-fiance Steve is not dead. They did break up, but the reason why they broke up is because Judy had five miscarriages. And so Jen talks to Judy and they apologize. And Jen finds out that Judy is living in a spare room in an assisted living facility, which is basically like a nursing home. So Judy pa teaches painting to seniors and she also lives in the same place where they live, which is sad. So Jen tells Judy that she can move into her guest house where her dead husband, Ted, had like that's his music studio. And so Judy starts living there and Charlie, Jen's oldest son, doesn't like Judy. And I'd say Charlie's kind of a dick. Like Charlie acts like a demon sometimes, but he's hilarious and he's funny. He's honestly like the most real person on this show. Besides Detective Perez, who we will get to, but I love Charlie. I think Charlie is so funny and awesome, and I really hope- I'm really glad, like, in season two, you get to see more Charlie and we get to know Charlie a lot more. You know, um, Jen is a mother of two kids, Charlie and Boop. I don't know what this little boy's name is. I can't- I can never rem- I can't remember what this little boy's name is, but she keeps calling him Boop, so I'm gonna call him Boop. I love little Boop. He's so optimistic and sweet and kind, and Charlie is just like- a dick most of the time. Also, we find out in season one that Charlie has been selling pills to his classmates, which is like, ooh, a little worrisome. But Charlie doesn't like Charlie doesn't like Judy, which makes sense because Judy is just this random woman that his 
mom started hanging out with and now she's living with them and it's just like strange and his dad recently died so of course he's kind of like on edge about the whole thing but you know judy jen and judy have become better friends now and one thing i do love about the show especially in season one there's obviously some there's obviously something off with judy like we're not meant to trust judy because she lied about her fiance being dead and although she did have five miscarriages which is very heartbreaking it shows that there may be something else that she's hiding and there is something else that she's hiding because she ran over jen's husband yeah that's right jen's husband ted went out for a run late at night and judy was driving a 1966 mustang with steve in the car alongside with her and she hit ted and judy wanted to stop but then ted was like drive drive away so they drive away and then she hide they hide the mustang in a storage facility in the storage locker is number 32 and when she moves in with jen they go to storage locker 30 to get her stuff and my gosh it's just the little things in season one that kind of tip you off to like oh this is strange this is weird and like the guilt that judy feels it's very real like you see it and she starts acting out of ways it's like girl what are you doing girl what is happening but i'm here for it i'm all for it because judy linda cardellini is such a phenomenal actress and she really does take judy into her whole being and i feel like i'm watching someone's real life you know at some point in season one uh lorna who was jen's mother-in-law comes into play because jen is having money troubles and also jen is selling a lot of houses she's a real estate agent she's selling a lot of houses because she gets very angry she's very touchy and hostile with the guests and it could be because of grief and people are just telling her to chill out and like calm down but she cannot because homegirl is enraged and i understand her anger and i think it's great that this show has a woman who has lost someone she loves she has lost her husband she has to take care of two boys by herself now and she doesn't know what to do and she's angry she's angry at the world because she's probably angry at the universe because her husband was taken away so early in his prime and her husband was like getting back into like marathoning and working out and she's mad at the police because she keeps look like whenever jen goes out for a drive like this is how she meditates she listens to heavy heavy metal like not heavy metal like heavy heavy metal and she drives around in the beautiful california town that she lives in that they did not specify but whatever and if she ever sees a car with like a human sized dent on the front of it she takes a picture of it she writes down the license plate and she reports it to the police so she has been calling the police non-stop since her husband has died trying to help them solve this hit and run because they said it's almost impossible to solve a hit and run it's very difficult and she keeps bothering detective perez who i love detective perez is the detective on um the case of ted's death and she is obviously annoyed by jen and she finds it irritating i mean i would find it irritating too if some random person tried to keep telling me how to do my job when i'm doing my very best and i'm sure detective perez have, has other things to do than worry about some rich white lady's dead husband of course she's in mourning and you want to help her but like man we got other things to do we got other cases to solve this is a she's a cop you know she's got things to do all right and i love jen because she just feels 
she feels like an actual person you know obviously like Liz Feldman who is the creator and writer she does an amazing job with these characters I love Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini's like odd couple dynamic and how they both have lost so much and they find kinship within one another and it's so sweet and like honestly Steve is such a dick okay Steve um, basically after Jen finds out that Steve is a dad she gives Steve her card which is kind of a dick move but also like smart because homegirl needs to make bank and she gotta pay the mortgage and take care of them kids so I respect it and I understand and she starts working with Steve and we see the nursery in the big house and it's so sad it's so heartbreaking and it's sad that Steve is also heartbroken over not being like Steve can't even look into that room into the nursery he can't even talk about it and that's sad that is that really tugs at your heartstrings but also Steve isn't a good guy you know when he finds out that Judy is staying with Jen he kind of drops hints that Judy is chaotic and that she only brings harm and trouble to the people around her and he tries to act like he's some normal guy which is a crazy ex and that he just wants to move on and be happy but eventually in season one he gets back together with Judy and they start hooking up and he tells her that he loves her and all this stuff and he starts playing with her emotions knowing that she is like she is basically addicted to their toxic relationship and like he does like the whole like you know maybe we can start again maybe we can start fresh like all this bs like girl if you don't leave this man behind like don't do this don't do this to yourself girl you deserve so much better and then judy starts seeing this guy nick who is a, de a detective and she starts liking nick and nick is very sweet and i like nick too like nick is honestly like my heart goes out to nick and how wholesome and kind he was to Judy because when she breaks up with him that really hurt me that hurt me more than it hurt Nick because I saw them together and I was like oh my gosh Judy found someone who loves her and who cares for her and wants to take care of her and who's better than Steve and there's in a butt phase but then when she breaks up with him because she thinks that her and Steve will work out in the end it's just <sighs> I'm sorry to yawn it hurts me more than it hurts her and also Judy has a friend at the assisted living facility who's Abe. I love Abe. Abe is so kind to Judy and like he understands that she's a little kooky and she's a little weird and she smiles through her pain a lot of times and she says sorry a lot and she obviously has her own problems but Abe is so nice to her and it really hurts when Abe dies at the end of season one. It's like oh my gosh no. It hurts. It really does. But other things that happened in season one, um, we find out that Ted had an online game when uh, Jen goes through Ted's uh, laptop. She finds this online game where he's chatting with this person, like Bambi something, like Bambi and a bunch of numbers after ba Bambi. Ted has basically been talking to this girl Bambi on this game and he, f they find out, like Jen and Judy find out where she works and she is a much younger waitress. and. Excuse me. They find out that Bambi and Ted had been making music together and that Ted was Bambi's boyfriend and Judy pretends to be Jen, Ted's wife, and then Bambi is in shock because Ted said that he was a widow and that his wife died a year ago. And this is like, oh no, this is terrible. It's horrible because like 
it just shows how their marriage wasn't as great as you know she hyped it up to be and she made it seem because like grief when you lose someone you love you don't think about the bad things you think about the good things you know because you don't want to dishonor their memory and you're hurt and you're in pain and grief makes people do weird things and what she went through was very hard and very difficult to understand because she lost her husband so quickly and the thing is the night that her husband died she got into a huge fight with him and she was yelling at him and she basically screamed him out of the house and then he gets hit by a car and it feels like karma and it feels difficult and she obviously feels guilty about it but now that now she's learned that her husband ted who has been getting in shape for the past year or so had a secret girlfriend and that's obviously really hard and difficult to deal with and now she's she has her friend judy who's so there for her like judy is such a nice person and she really is trying her best and sometimes i forget that judy hit her husband but then judy starts doing these puppy dog eyes and she slaps herself in the face a bunch of times and it's like oh yeah this girl's a murderer this is bad it's it's bad yeah so i don't remember exactly when but i think it's after steve basically like dumps judy for like the fifth time like steve was like oh yeah judy i love you i want to be with you and um oh my gosh it's just oh yeah i think what was it um i think jen and steve judy and steve um judy and steve basically like get rid of the car so that nick can't find it but nick comes closer to finding out who possibly killed um ted and judy is just like she has this renewed hope for her relationship with Steve after they've destroyed a car. I don't think Judy realizes that Steve got rid of that car so he could also get rid of her. Like Steve obviously knew that Judy was hiding the Mustang and had the keys to the storage locker. And so Steve got back together with Judy for a second so they could get rid of the car and lie about like how he loves her, how he misses her, how he wants to get back together, how he wants to fix things. And then he breaks her and then she breaks Nick's heart and says that she's not going to be with Nick anymore because she was dating Nick before Steve came in and ruined her life again. And Nick is heartbroken. Nick is sad. And then um, Steve is like, oh, guess what? I'm not into you anymore and then dumps Judy. So what does Judy do? Judy goes to Detective Perez and exposes the fact that Steve has been laundering money through his painting studio business I think and he works for the Greek Mafia. Yeah. I thought she was going to confess the hit and run but she didn't. And we go back to the storage facility that was holding the car. Yeah, guess what else was in that storage facility? A whole bunch of boxes that is essentially Steve's paper trail as to how he is making so much money for the Greek Mafia. And so Perez obviously investigates and looks through the whole thing. But there's a little oil spot in the storage facility locker which is like, ooh, ooh, maybe she'll like look into that, okay. So then Steve is like fumbling around because his businesses are like falling apart because Judy exposed him and then Judy hangs out with Jen and 
Judy confesses to Jen because Jen thinks that she killed her husband. Jen blames her for her husband's death. She feels like it's her fault. She feels like she needs to take responsibility. And Judy's like, no, it's my fault. I did it. And she literally confesses. She gives a play by play, play by play. And when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my gosh. It is the most uncomfortable thing I have watched in such a long time. Because you're literally just sitting there watching someone confess their darkest secret to the person that they hurt, the person that they've trusted, the person they've led into their life. Like, imagine you make a good friend, a new friend, who you care about, who you love, who you respect, who you let, like, get close to your children, who you let into your home, and then you find out that they are the reason for your grief and your pain. Like, what do you do after that? How do you, like, how, truly, how do you feel after that? Like, what is the next step after that? And when Judy tells Jen that she killed Ted, she begs for forgiveness. And it's just like, oh, Judy. Oh, Judy, girl, what are we doing? And Jen tells her to die. And Judy leaves. Jen starts burning all Judy's stuff. And that night... Steve goes looking for her. Steve goes looking for Judy at Jen's place. And Jen says that Judy isn't there. And Steve is just like upset and he's angry. And Steve, like, I don't, I think like Steve was like, you know, whatever Judy does, everything Judy does, chaos just follows it, right? And then, um, Jen is like, oh, what, she hit someone else with the car? And then she's like, oh, you know about that? And Jen was like, yeah. And then Steve, see, here's the thing. J Jen said that Judy confessed. Jen basically said, oh, the Judy hit someone else with the car? Meaning that Judy told Jen that it was just Judy. She didn't bring up Steve. She blamed it entirely on herself. She took the whole sin on herself. She took the guilt and the pain of killing someone else on herself her alone because it was only her fault that she, that's what she thought that's how she felt and steve didn't catch that so he incriminates himself see that's where you messed up so now steve is like you know when that happened it was one of the worst moments of my life and that it killed him not to tell her and so jen sees oh you were in the car with her Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're trash too. And Jen confronts Steve about it. And Steve's like, no, don't turn this into a whole blame the man thing. And that they're in this together. And Judy Hope hurt both of them. And then Jen is like, what did you say after you hit him? Did you stop? What did you say? And Steve is like, I don't remember. Sir, you need to tell me that the night you killed someone's so you, the night you killed a father, a husband, a son, the night you hit somebody with your, you were in the car when someone else hit someone with the car, what did you say? You said it was one of the worst moments of your life. You have to remember what you said. It was one of the worst moments of your life and yet you don't remember what you said after that? It seems pretty convenient. I don't believe you. So of course, Jen is upset and she's angry and also she has Ted's gun and she pulls the gun out on um Steve and at the end of season two she calls up Judy we don't see what happens exactly but the next thing we know Steve is face down in Jen's pool blood is everywhere and Jen and Judy just looking down at Steve's watery grave perplexed so now we get into season two where everyone we're just trying to hide the fact 
that we killed Steve, and we're harboring the secret. Also, Steve is being investigated by the FBI, and they try to clean the scene and everything, and Jen tells Judy that Steve attacked her, so she defended herself. Of course, like, Jen is lying about killing Steve, and Judy was lying about killing Ted. It's like, tit for tat, you know, an eye for an eye. Eventually, um, they get Steve's Mercedes, because Steve is running away from the law, so they get his Mercedes and they hide it in the storage facility, the same one where they were hiding the 1966 Mustang, oh my gosh, the parallels. And Charlie has been asking for a car for a while from his mom, and you know, Jen said no. So one day, I, th I don't remember exactly how, but I think Charlie comes across the key for the storage facility, and he goes to the, f the storage locker, and he sees, he sees Steve's Mercedes. And he steals it, thinking that his mom bought it for him, but she did not. He takes it for a drive with his girlfriend, and he gets caught by the cops. He doesn't get in trouble, though, because white privilege, of course. And imagine if he did. Like, imagine if Charlie did get, like, arrested and taken in, and they, like, they looked into the car, like, oh my gosh, it would have been lights out for Charlie. Lights out for this dude. Like, oh, he would have been in jail, okay? Don't... Put him in the jail, lock away the- I'm sorry guys. I need to charge my laptop real quick. Okay, so eventually Charlie calls his mom, tells his mom about the car, she sees it, she tells him- she tells Judy to take Charlie home, and she burns the car. Here's where she messed up, right? Homegirl, we go to Home Depot, we get some shovels, right? We scratch off the serial plate number. We get rid of the license plate. We take out the insurance. We ding that thing up a bit. We get some shovels. We dig a hole. And then we put the car, we we shove the car into the hole and then we burn it. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like that's what you're supposed to do. You know, that's what, that is what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, right? I don't know how to agree with a car, guys. I'm not a criminal. Anyways, <laughs> oh, that's like, that sounds believable. Anyways. Uh, Judy, in beginning of season two, Judy is ignoring calls from an unknown number, and it turns out it's Ben, Steve's identical twin brother. Now, they say that they're not identical, but they are identical, because it's literally James Marsden in, like, with longer hair, right? So, you get rid of Steve's Mercedes, and guess what? Steve has a twin brother, and Jen starts to like him. Jen starts to like Ben. Oh my god, Jen... Wow, y'all couldn't come up with better names. Wow. Jen and Ben. How cute. Jen starts to like Ben. Uh, he starts hanging around a lot because he's looking for Steve and he's worried about Steve. And um, they plan a visual for him. Like, honestly, season two is pretty great, but like the beginning of season two is very draining and very sad and very cumbersome because... Season 1, Judy is dealing with the guilt of killing Ted, but we don't really take on her guilt because even though she is a main character in the first season, she's not that much of a main character. We're more focused on Jen and her life. So now that Jen is carrying the guilt, we are carrying the guilt with her because we're perceiving the show mainly through Jen's eyes because Jen is like, they're both the lead of the show, but Jen is more the lead than Judy is. And Jen cannot take it. Jen is freaking out. She's sad. And so eventually she tells Judy what actually happened. And that Steve says some terrible things to Jen regarding her marriage. And Steve basically said that Ted jumped in front of the car because he was practically begging to get out of that lifeless marriage. And then 
Jen hit Steve over the head with a bird that Judy made for Little Boop's um, baptism. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Little Boop got baptized in season one and Judy went to a rehearsal, a choir rehearsal he was at and gave him a little bird and Jen saw the bird in Little Boop's room. She took the bird and in the bird in the bottom of the bird was a cashier's check for half a million dollars. Now, where did the half a million dollars come from? I'll tell you. It came from a joint account that Judy shared with Steve and Steve was going to get some money out of the joint account because the Greek Mafia was on his butt and his other business partners were on his butt because the FBI was on his butt for money laundering. And so, of course... Steve went over to Jen's house to try and find Judy and get the money from her. And now he's dead. But there's Ben. There's Ben. And they plan this vigil for Steve, right? And oof. My good girl, it is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It's very sad. Because all these people are there to like remember him and everything. But also, Steve is not a good guy. Like he was pretty bad. And he was like pretty mean. He was pretty mean. Like, no, he was a terrible person. He was laundering money. And we also find out that the chief of police there is misogynist and a racist. And he is also Steve's godfather. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So, um, what happens? What else happens? Oh, Judy starts hanging out with this girl, Michelle. Um, because Abe passed away, obviously there needs to be someone else that moves into his room. So an, an older woman moves into Abe's old room and she has a daughter, Michelle. And Michelle and Judy start hanging out and then they start dating and it's very cute and very sweet. Because now that she's free from the toxic relationship that she has with Steve, she can move with Michelle, right? And Michelle says that she lives with her ex-girlfriend and that's a pro that's not really much of a problem. But we find out that that ex-girlfriend is Detective Perez. And that they used to date for six years. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. There are some um, fan theories that maybe Michelle is actually like an undercover cop. And that she's not actually just a chef. And honestly, I believe it. I believe it. It could be possible, but maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? But, um... We also find out that Perez lost her mother when she was young because her mother was protecting her from her abusive father. And that's really sad. And that also comes into play when Jen decides to come forward and she confesses to killing Steve. She tries to take Perez to the burial site in the woods but she can't find it. And so Perez is taking her back to the station. And then Perez gets a text from Nick because guess what? Judy sent Nick a thumb drive exposing Steve's businesses and I think she also tried to tell the FBI that Steve was in Mexico so that they wouldn't think that he was dead and um it doesn't help that they found his burnt out Mercedes like in a random road where Jen burned it with a cigarette that she smoked like honey DNA is a real thing DNA is very real but okay and uh Basically, Nick gets a hard drive, he texts, Mich he texts Detective Perez, and he's like, we got him, and I'll copy the letters, meaning that the chief of police will probably be um, indicted along in the investigation. So Detective Perez gives 
Christina Applegate, not Christina Applegate, Jen, a get out of jail free card. But before she was going to confess to the murder of Steve, she writes all these letters to Judy to give to her kids. And Charlie finds the letters instead. And I think we're led to believe that Charlie probably read the letters, which makes sense because Charlie is a snooper and he probably would have read the letters. But if he did read the letters, that means that he knows everything. It's so possible that it's it's incredibly possible that Jen was like writing a letter to Judy. It's like, I know that you killed my husband, but you got to take care of my kids, like something like that. And of course, she wrote all that out because Jen and Judy, they have so many secrets. They know each other. Like she just, of course, like. Charlie would have read the letter meant for Judy and not the one meant for him because the one meant for Judy would have all the secrets that Judy and Jen knows but he doesn't know and it's possible that he knows that Judy was the person who killed his dad and if he does know that now in season three that's gonna make things crazy because Charlie doesn't like Judy at all which makes sense because like I would I would totally be suspect I would totally like I would be I'd be looking at Judy sideways too like if I had a Judy in my life I'd be looking at her sideways too because homegirl just like burns sage in my dead dad's music studio and you paint weird paintings and you're like really kooky and like strange like I would be I'll be side-eyeing her I would be side-eyeing that girl too not gonna lie but when um Perez decides to let her go Oh my gosh, a weight is lifted off of my shoulders. I'm like, yes, happiness, happy ending, here we go. And then Perez also gets Judy's paintings back that she's been asking about for a while from Steve's um, art facility, art studio, whatever. And we find out that there is money in the paintings, which Steve was probably hiding, you know, due to his like shady stuff. And what do they do with that money? Well, first of all, Jen buys herself out of the mortgage that Lorna, Ted's mom, bought like Lorna Ted's mom bought her bought them that house and she buys her out of the mortgage in cash shady and then she gets Charlie a new car not an inexpensive one like a brand new really nice car which is like okay obviously this is gonna bite them in the butt because the FBI is looking into Steve and Steve is in Mexico and then suddenly Judy who is Steve's ex-fiance starts going around buying expensive things for Jen who was who was selling Steve's house and then Steve disappears and suddenly they get all this money and then all this cash and they buy all these expensive things obviously this is going to tie back to them in season three but for right now we're just like spending a little money and planning a vacay you know but here's the here's another crazy thing right even though oh my gosh I can't stop thinking about Ben because Ben is like really nice but also like Obviously, they made this character, like, so that James Marsden can come back. And I feel like we could have had James Marsden back in season two in just, like, flashbacks. You know, I feel like the twin character was a bit much. But for... But for Jen to start dating Ben, and she literally slept with him, I was just like, Honey, no. What are you doing? what are you doing this is crazy but um yeah i think i feel like it's the season two finale ben gets a call from the cops and beef the scene before that there's this lady like running around in the woods that ran into and they were she ran into um jen and uh, detective perez and so jen couldn't find the crime scene 
but I think the lady who was jogging, her dog found it. And so the next scene, Ben gets a call from the cops and we are led to believe that either they found Steve's body or it's something else. And I'm thinking that they found Steve's body in the woods. And so Jen and Judy are driving back home to surprise Charlie with his new car for his birthday and then Ben hits them with his car. Now he probably didn't know it was them because the camera made sure to show us that he was drunk off his behind but when he realizes that he's hit someone with his car he drives away <sighs> you're so much like your brother ben you look like him and you kill you kill people like him not try but like almost did thank goodness jen did not die because if jen did die who would that be a crazy twist oh my god that'd be crazy but she didn't die and now we have to deal with this so yeah it's a crazy, crazy show, but it's so good. And I love it so much. I'm excited for season three. I hope that it does come out soon. Well, it probably won't come out soon because of like Corona, but like, I love it so much. It's It's been a fun, fun time. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode um, that was dead to me, season one, season two. Even though I told you everything that happens in the show, Feel free to check it out anyways because there is a lot more stuff that happens in the show that I did not mention that you should go see. And definitely just watch it for yourself because it's an amazing show and it's really awesome. It's so dramatic and so funny and dark and beautiful. And the one thing I love about the show so much is the theme of motherhood. You know, Judy couldn't have kids and that really breaks my heart that she couldn't because she would have been a great mom. And Jen is doing everything she can to protect her kids, be there for her kids and take care of her kids and then there's Dr. Perez who's this straight-laced no-nonsense very serious character in the show who has a very vulnerable human side when you find out about what happened to her mom and it breaks my heart that that happened to her mom and that she lost her mom in that way and it makes sense when she lets Jen go and it's a very beautiful touching moment and I really do like the show. I think it's one of the best shows on Netflix. Definitely go check it out. Thank you so much for watch. Listen, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of I've Been Meaning to Watch That. If you like this episode, feel free to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and uh, tell your friends, share this episode, and I hope you guys have a great day. I will talk to you on Wednesday. Stay blessed. <laughs>